Welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to the 9th of June 1997. Quite a lot going on recently. If you came here from episode 86 then you've got two other videos you need to catch up on. King of the Ring 1997 and the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels backstage fight. Quite a lot is covered in both of those videos so do check them out before continuing with this one. Both Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels do not appear on this week's episode of Raw due to their locker room fight but it's all explained in detail in the previous upload. Raw is in Hartford tonight while WCW Nitro comes live from Boston. A packed house in the Boston Fleet Center makes Nitro feel like a pay-per-view. So if you're all caught up, if you know what happened at the King of the Ring and with Brett and Sean, then let's get started with this week's Reliving the War. Nitro starts with some big news. The Outsiders face Roddy Piper and Ric Flair tonight in a non-title match. This match also takes place later in the week at the Great American Bash. An NWO limousine pulls up outside, Randy Savage goes to step out but Dallas Page appears and he kicks in a window. Liz slams the door on Page and the limo speeds off. We'll come back to this a little later on in the show. Raw begins with a match straight away so we've got two six man tags to look at. LOD and Ahmed Johnson vs The Nation of Domination and we've got a cruiserweight trios match on Nitro. Guerrera, Dragon and Kolo vs Psychosis, La Parka and Silver King. Let's look at some high spots from the cruiserweight match but first here's a low spot from Ultimo Dragon. Damn it. Kolo pulled off a nice senton to the outside and Juventud Guerrera nailed a beautiful pop up dropkick. Guerrera also landed a nice looking spinning back kick on La Parka afterwards. The Boston crowd are kinda tough on the match as they chant boring. We'll go down to Mexico and we will have footage from south of the border, explanations of the- Just goes to show that not everyone enjoyed the cruiserweights of WCW. Check out Dragon's Frankensteiner and how effortlessly Psychosis rolls through for a counter pin. And look at Silver King's assisted backflip over the top rope, are these people not entertained? We got to see some more insane dives from the ring to the outside with Guerrera and La Parka in particular doing some impressive stuff. Back in the ring Ultimo Dragon was able to win the match with a Dragon Steiner followed by a Dragon Sleeper. Mark Curtis then pulled out his shooters to end the match. La Parka attacked Super Kolo after the bout with a wooden chair while Kolo's tag partners just watched on. Useless bastards. All in all a fun start to Nitro, it's just a bit jarring seeing all these fans chant boring at what I thought was a very exciting opening bout. The Raw 6 man tag was a Wrestlemania rematch although this one wasn't contested under street fight rules. Problems began right away when Crush and Dilo refused to give the nation salute and during the match Crush, Savio and Clarence Mason also had an impromptu meeting while Farouk wanted to tag out and on the outside of the ring more arguing resulted in the nation getting wiped out by LOD. With Savio and Crush out of action Farouk had no hope at all. Farouk's tag partners end up leaving their leader high and dry and Ahmed ends up pinning Farouk after a Pearl River plunge. We're going to come back to this a little later on too but say goodbye to the original Nation of Domination. Promos next we have Triple H on Raw while Luger, Flair and Piper give interviews on Nitro. Hunter is the new king of the ring and he's got a new crown too, he destroyed the original last night at the pay per view. This is quite an important promo for Hunter here even though it gets interrupted because for the first time since debuting in the World Wrestling Federation Triple H breaks character and he talks about the system holding him back. 
This is something that would also get brought up when Triple H became the game in 1999. Vince wants to know how Triple H could be so violent towards mankind, and Hunter says this is all about last year and the fact that Helmsley was supposed to win the 1996 King of the Ring but McMahon's politics made sure that didn't happen. Triple H says it's now his turn, nobody in the WWF can hold him back including Vince McMahon, and the ring is now Hunter's home and the doors are wide open for any challengers. Mankind appears on the Titantron, he's knocking on Hunter's door, and Mankind says he wants a rematch. The pop for Foley is great here too by the way, this was the best babyface crowd response he's had since the Mankind interviews aired. Another first, China speaks on Raw, Hunter wants to know what his bodyguard thinks of this proposed rematch, and China says Mankind can kiss her ass, Foley says it's China's lucky day because Mankind's a good kisser, and Mick comes out to face Hunter in the middle of the ring. Unfortunately for Mick, Hunter completely destroys him and another crown gets wrecked, Helmsley leaves the crown inside the ring and even after taking a beating, Foley puts the crown on his head and the crowd cheers. Mankind vs Helmsley is going to take place once again on pay per view and that'll happen at Canadian Stampede. Sonny shows off a sick Raw is War shirt, I mean, Sonny shows off a sick Chinlock t-shirt as she represents her bit on the side. You too can represent your bit on the side by visiting chinlocks.com and ordering this stunning Chinlock shirt. Over on Monday Nitro, Lex Luger comes out and Mean Gene Okerlund lets Luger know that Hogan and Dennis Rodman have signed a contract for the Great American Bash, these two will team up to face a WCW tag team, and all this is information we already know by the way. Luger says the Giants currently in Germany but before he left, both he and Luger signed their names on the contract, so it appears Giant Package is going up against Rodman and Hogan at the July pay per view. Luger also announces that JJ Dillon and the WCW committee have decided that Hulk Hogan's gonna defend his WCW championship tonight on Nitro, and Hogan's gonna face Lex Luger tonight on TNT. Big house brother, old Hulk has to claim some of that glory. We then go to a promo that was recorded earlier, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair arrive at the arena, and Mike Tenay lets the guys know that they don't have to wait until the Great American Bash. They have the Outsiders tonight on Nitro. Piper says the Outsiders call them dinosaurs just like those found in Jurassic Park. Piper says the lost world is what Hall and Nash will find themselves in later tonight. Very good. Flair says things will be different tonight seeing as the Wolfpack have been attacking Rick when Piper hasn't been around. Alex Wright vs Chris Jericho is next on Nitro while Davey Boy Smith does battle with Goldust. This was billed last week on Raw and at the King of the Ring as the very first European title defence on TV. Someone clearly forgot the Owen vs Bulldog European title rematch that ended with the formation of the Hart Foundation but anyway, let's see how many chin locks we get this week. Bulldog wrecks Goldust at the opening bell with a big shoulder block and Davey stays in control for the early portion of the match. Goldust eventually comes back with a big jumping clothesline, but Davey gets his superpowers when the European title is on the line, he's pretty much invincible and he replies straight away with a devastating vertical suplex. Goldust tries slapping the shit out of Davey but Bulldog recovers and he goes for the running power slam. 
Goldust counters with a DDT and the European title could be leaving the sexy waist of the Bulldog, as his superpowers have maybe forsaken him. Goldust gets a 3 count but Davy's foot was on the ropes, the match continues after the commercial break and Goldust begins selling the leg. You should have sold the chin motherfucker cause here comes a Davy Boy Smith chinlock. Marlena just realised she married the wrong man, no lady can resist Davy when they see the chinlock, just ask Sonny. Even Goldust gets all excited and he starts dancing while in the deadliest of wrestling holds. Goldust fights out but he goes right back down after a knee to the midsection and then it's time for the second Davy Boy Smith chinlock. Now that's what you call wrestling. Marlena has to step away from the ring in case she gets it soaking wet. The chinlock stays applied for an extended period of time and once Goldust stands up, he's able to pull off a running crossbody but he flies out of the ring afterwards. Davy goes out to attack his opponent and both guys get counted out. The crowd boos not because of the shitty finish but because they won't get to see the third chinlock of the match. Marlena tries to help Goldust by slapping Davy around a bit and this just pisses our hero off. Davy grabs a chair after throwing Goldust into the ring. We think Bulldog's gonna destroy the Runnels family, but Ken Shamrock appears and Davy takes a belly to back suplex. Goldust's wife needed saved by another man. But yeah, the chin lock versus the ankle lock. We all know chin lock wins, but Davy's gonna wait it out before showing Ken the true meaning of submission fighting. Ken's totally fucked, just wait and see. Oh shit, get your asshole ready for this Wunderkind Saturday Night Fever. Oh, big bratwurst. Chris Jericho is going to get his reputation completely destroyed when Alex Wright beats him in the middle of the ring tonight on Nitro. Chris tried to get an early advantage with his springboard dropkick but Alex came right back by dropping an axe handle on Y2J and back inside the ropes, Chris took a weapon in the corner, giving Alex a chance to show off his dance moves and nobody complained at all. Wright lands a suplex and he goes to the top rope. His diving knee completely misses Jericho but Chris is unable to capitalise. Wright comes back with a jump kick, Chris takes more right hands from Daz Wunderkind and Alex keeps the pressure on with a vaulting splash from the apron to the ring. Alex applies two sleepers, the first gets broken up with a side suplex and the second gets broke up when Alex decides he'd rather kick the shit out of Chris instead, right with absolutely no mercy tonight. Alex then shows off with a modified camel clutch that I'm gonna call a chin lock because well why not and Chris begins building his comeback after booting Alex in the face and hitting a middle rope dropkick. A double underhook suplex fails to get Jericho a 3 count, Chris keeps the pressure on by hitting Alex with a dropkick while Daz Wunderkind was hung up in the tree of woe but in the end Alex scored a pinfall victory when he rolled through after a Chris Jericho crossbody. Alex also used the ropes for leverage but who cares. Good job Alex, the next stop is the WCW Championship. Malaya Hosaka vs Akira Hokoto took place next on Nitro while Farouk addressed the nation next on Raw. Sonny Ono caused a distraction from the apron during the women's match on Nitro, allowing Akira Hokoto to hit her northern lights bomb to end the match. Not satisfied with just pinning her opponent and heading home, Akira hits another northern lights bomb and this prompts Medusa to run down to the ring. Medusa hits three German suplexes on her great American bash opponent and Akira gets pulled out of the ring by Ono. Remember, if Medusa loses her match this Sunday on pay per view, then she must retire. 
bullshit bait and switch tactics were at play during this match though, as Tony Schiavone announced that the commentary team were passed a note from the WCW committee, Hogan vs Luger tonight is now not a WCW championship match. On Raw, Doc Hendricks tries to interview a door but the door doesn't want to speak, Farouk busts out and he tells Doc he has something to say and he's gonna say it in the ring. Savio Vega and Crush are on edge, but Crush says there's no problems within the nation, all is well. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. JR interviews Farouk and the nation's leader says Savio and Crush were chosen as nation members because he thought they'd have his back. Savio was picking jalapeno peppers when Farouk recruited him, and Crush was doing absolutely nothing at all in the WWF when Farouk brought him in. Both guys stabbed Farouk in the back so both guys get fired from the nation. The nation's entourage gets fired too. Farouk says they're useless because they don't take any bumps, and when Farouk says there's one more member who needs to fuck off, Delo gets a little afraid. It turns out that Clarence Mason is the one getting sacked so Delo can stay around and carry Farouk's bags. Farouk says there's gonna be a new nation, one that's bigger than before, one that's more loyal, and The Undertaker and Ahmed Johnson will be the first to feel the wrath of the new nation if they accept a match challenge next week on Raw. So that's the original nation gone, I wonder who'll join this new nation, and who will stand out in this rebuilt faction, I'm sure Farouk won't bring in any fucking jobbers. Before we go to commercial break, we see that Mark Merrow is back and it looks like he's giving Sable a hard time, Vince McMahon says we'll maybe hear from Mark a little later on. Raw then moves on and presents a Headbangers vs Furnace and Lafon match, while WCW presents a Steiner Brothers interview and an advertised Conan vs Steve McMichael match was also supposed to take place. The Nitro match didn't get started due to Kevin Green attacking Mongo on the entranceway, and Hugh Morris attacked Conan inside the ring, or at least we think it was Hugh Morris, we don't see the attack. So there's nothing else to really talk about, but I do like how Deborah laughed as she almost got skittled by Green. The Steiners promo was interrupted by Harlem Heat. Both these teams feel like they should be number one contenders for the tag team belts, and so naturally a fight breaks out when they all don't see eye to eye. The Steiners vs Harlem Heat takes place at the Great American Bash, and the winners of the match get a shot at the tag titles at Road Wild. Yes, the August pay-per-view, not Bash at the Beach in July. The Headbangers got the win on Raw when LaFawn accidentally hit Doug Furness with a splash. The bigger story here though was the arrival of Paul Heyman and Tommy Dreamer during the match. Both guys took front row seats to watch the remainder of the show. RVD is also back this week and Jerry Lawler says he can't believe Vince McMahon invited ECW to another WWF show. Paul E has done everything to stop RVD coming to the WWF, and if Dreamer or Heyman try to interfere in Van Damme's match later, then there's gonna be hell to pay. Stone Cold Steve Austin cuts a promo on Raw, Hollywood Hogan cuts a promo on Nitro, the Hulkster's wearing the white version of the NWO shirt, and he's even started growing his famous moustache back. Bischoff says, contrary to JJ Dillon's announcement, nobody forces Hogan to get in the ring and nobody forces him to defend the belt, but Hulk wants to start the promo off by saying hello to all his NWOites in the arena. NWOites. Hulk says if Luger wants a match tonight then Luger needs to start working out. 
Luger isn't in shape to face Hollywood, and Lex couldn't beat Hulk in his lifetime or any lifetime. Hogan says he only defends the belt when he wants to, the match isn't gonna happen, but Hulk wants to make up for it by doing some posing in the ring, he thinks this is better than seeing a Hogan vs Luger matchup. Just then, the total package begins making his way down to the ring, and Randy Anderson is right behind him. Over on Raw, Stone Cold says he's proud of what he done last night to Brian Pillman at King of the Ring. Vince McMahon says Austin's attack was a dastardly act, but Stone Cold says he wishes the toilet had a few logs in it. Austin faces Brian Pillman tonight, and Steve says he's got through with Shawn Michaels and he's gonna focus on Pillman later on. Stone Cold says he's gonna kick Pillman's ass up and down the ring and hit his old tag partner with a Stone Cold stunner. He'll then drag Pillman backstage to finish the job once the match is over. McMahon says Bret Hart laid out a challenge at the King of the Ring, the Canadian Stampede 10 man tag. Stone Cold says he'll be the first guy volunteering to fight the Hearts in Calgary. He's sure Gorilla Monsoon is gonna make him tag up with four other guys, but Stone Cold would be happy enough to fight the whole Heart Foundation on his own. Austin even says he'll beat up Stu and Helen Hart if he has to at the next WWF pay per view. So there you go, Steve Austin will be part of the Canadian Stampede main event. His tag partner, though, Shawn Michaels, will not be. We then see some fan feedback that was sent into the WWF via AOL, some sort of revolutionary communication system that uses a computer and a phone line. Can't see that catching on. From Knox187. This was the best King of the Ring of all time. All the matches kicked. Uh, kicked what? All the matches kicked or been kicking. Uh, yeah. Lee Hitman, Lie Hitman says WWF is number one and always will be. I love HB. Uh, I love Hogan's bandana. I love hairy balls. I love huge boobs. Shawn Michaels vs. Stone Cold was great. This will be a match of the year candidate. And Chip J NES 10 says King of the Ring was one of the best pay-per-views in a long time. A great lead into SummerSlam. I think Canadian Stampede is the lead into SummerSlam, but aye, great feedback, lads. We have got Rob Van Dam vs Flash Funk on Raw while the Luger and Hogan match is seemingly going ahead on Nitro. Lex gets in the ring and Hulk says maybe Luger didn't hear him or maybe Lex just wants to come out and see what a real body looks like. Hogan says again that Lex could never beat Hulk, so Luger should take his Hollywood wannabe body out of Hogan's face. Bischoff says Lex isn't built for it, guys like Luger and Sting are just Hulk Hogan wannabes. And Lex pushes Bischoff away as Randy Anderson jumps into the ring, we have a match. Luger hits Hollywood with his bionic forearm and Hulk gets out of the ring. Hall, Nash and Six then show up, Shivani says we have to take a commercial break and there's silence on commentary, and then it's announced that Nitro is gonna stay on the air and the commercial break gets delayed. That's pretty awesome. Hogan rakes Lex in the eyes and he nails a clothesline, Hulk chokes Lex on the mat, he rakes Luger's back. The whole arena is standing up to see this match take place, the atmosphere is incredible. Lex comes back by ramming Hogan's head on the top turnbuckle and he hits a clothesline. But then the bosses at TNT must have changed their minds and the match gets interrupted with a commercial break. We come back and Lex takes a corner clothesline followed by a back suplex. Hulk misses an elbow drop next and Lex takes control with a body slam. The NWO then try to get involved, Luger takes them all out and the fans in the fleet center lose their minds as Hogan gives up to the torture rack. Absolute chaos man, it's amazing. Of course, the NWO have to attack Luger afterwards, but Lex defeated Hogan on Nitro, 
and I guess Hulk decided he was going to do the job tonight in the middle of the broadcast, hence why it was changed to a non-title match. Check this out, they sync up the fireworks going off with Hogan's leg drop, you gotta watch close though. Hulk continues to keep dropping the leg over and over again until Lex gets dragged out of the ring. Hulk and Bischoff cut a promo where Hulk says he promised Dennis Rodman he'd take care of Luger tonight, but he couldn't get his hands on the giant. Hulk says he'll make it up to Rod the Bod soon. Say what you want about Hulk, say what you want about the NWO, hell even say what you want about Lex Luger, but the crowd absolutely loved the promos and the match here. RVD vs Flash Funk sounds amazing, I don't know what happened here, but they didn't excite the audience the way you'd think they would. Maybe it's because of the crowd reaction to Luger and Hogan, maybe I was expecting more from these two, but it's just an okay match with nothing absolutely remarkable happening. This was used to further the Jerry Lawler vs ECW storyline. Lawler had shown up to ECW television the previous Saturday, and Paul E and Tommy were trying to get a little revenge. Jerry tried to provide some commentary, but he was losing his voice, so you also got to put up with a croaked out king talking about how bad ECW is. RVD got some great height on this somersault plancha, but Funk wasn't in position to take the bump. Focus was taken off Van Damme's offense, so the WWF could show Lawler talking crap. Flash made up for earlier with this nice kick right here and this moonsault, but it wasn't enough to put Mr. Monday Night away. Van Damme wins with his split legged moonsault. Paul Heyman jumps Jerry Lawler from behind afterwards and fucking hell, the King makes Paul E pay for it. Heyman takes a hard punch right to the jaw and King just unloads on Paul afterwards. RVD and Dreamer fight too, it's a big old brawl to end this segment, but Heyman had to be sore coming out of this one. Pretty fun to watch though. Owen Hart vs Psycho Sid on Raw, JJ Dillon cuts a promo on Monday Nitro. Say goodbye to Psycho Sid folks, this is his final WWF appearance. He comes back for some Raw reunion nonsense years later, but the next time we'll see Sid on reliving the war is in two years time. Sounds ridiculous actually saying that out loud. Ken Shamrock was back out for this match and he provided commentary as a fan held up a sign saying Sid, Rock, Squeegee, Scissors. Fucking brutal and hilarious at the same time. Owen worked over the leg throughout the match even when Sid was smacking him hard in the face, and Ken Shamrock said, This isn't right as the anvil got in some cheap shots on the outside, and yeah I agree, this isn't right, look at the state of that guardrail spot, Jesus Christ. Shamrock ends up hitting Nightheart with a suplex and back in the ring, Sid ends up pinning Owen after hitting a choke slam. maybe Sid was supposed to be involved in the Canadian Stampede too. I don't know, but Shamrock helping Sid out seems to imply that maybe there was a chance the big man would take part in the 10 man tag, but give it up for Psycho Sid and the run he had here in the World Wrestling Federation, the temptation of softball was too much, and I now have to find a way to shift kicker be kicking shirts without the master and ruler of the world around to provide me with material to work with, Damn it. Ah, I have an idea, I'll use my sick editing skills to make it look like Sable's wearing it. No one will ever know. Mero has enough of Sable's sultry dancing and he tells his wife to get to the back. This is the start of Sable getting more over than her husband. JJ Dillon says he got his bell rung pretty good last week, but as long as he's in a position of authority, there's no way Randy Savage is going to get away with what he did. 
Dylan says a fine is in order, 50k, 50 fucking grand, Randy's gonna have to sell a ton of Slim Jims to make that money up. A suspension wasn't considered because that would stop the Dallas Page match from taking place at the bash, but new stipulations have been added. Page vs Savage is now an unsanctioned Falls Count Anywhere match, there has to be a winner. Savage shows up in the audience and he says he has 100k, 50 grand for last week and 50k for this week when he destroys JJ again. Page then comes down to the ring and he challenges Randy to fight him right now, seeing his macho ran away at the top of the program. Savage, the absolute madman, makes his way through the audience and by the time he gets to ringside, his shirt has been literally ripped off his back. Page dives on Randy and the crowd goes crazy again as the two men brawl on the outside. Nitro again has to take a break just as things were getting good, but it's another great little segment on Nitro. The Page and Savage rivalry is just as healthy as it was before Spring Stampede. The final part of the Mankind interview airs next on Raw while Dean Malenko defends the US title against Double J. Before showing the interview, Jim Ross says he wishes he never took this interview assignment and he never felt more helpless than what he did at the end of this conversation with Foley. We go to the pre-tape and Mankind says Cactus Jack never came to the WWF because he wasn't welcomed in. He says when you look at Mankind now and you see the mandible claw, Foley imagines that it's Vince McMahon on the receiving end and he's screaming at Vince, why didn't you take me when I was good? And why didn't you take me when I was young? Mankind then talks about Shawn Michaels. He says both he and Michaels had the same dream and Foley can't understand why Shawn looks as good as he does, yet Mankind looks terrible. So this makes Mankind wish Shawn Michaels a lifetime of misery and Mankind isn't ashamed about wishing trauma and tragedy on others. Mankind wants others to suffer the same way he suffered. Jim wonders if Mick has a multiple personality disorder and Mick says he doesn't believe in doctors and if there was something wrong with his mind then Mick would be the first one to know. Jim then says that maybe Mick Foley should take responsibility for all the things that's happened to him and maybe Foley should realise that he brought a lot of this pain to himself and Mick says Jim should end this facade of journalistic integrity. Mick says Jim's told people on commentary that mankind enjoys pain and because Jim reaches a lot of people then people are going to believe what Ross says. Foley then begins punching himself in the face while saying he feels pain like everyone else. It hurts and mankind starts to wonder when he'll start enjoying this pain like Ross says he does. Maybe it's when he can't get up to play with his son or maybe it's when he has to get injections in his spine so he can wrestle one more match. Ross looks uncomfortable as Mick begins losing it. Foley says Ross has misled people into thinking mankind is having the time of his life when Foley is actually in constant pain. Foley then applies the mandible claw, we hear the camera crew screaming and Mick does show remorse afterwards when he asks someone to help Jim but that's it guys. That's the end of the excellent Mick Foley interviews. Jim Ross says afterwards that he did ask tough questions and he apologises for pushing the wrong buttons, but he still believes a wrestler shouldn't put their hands on an announcer. Jeff Jarrett gets his US title rematch against Dean Malenko on Nitro. You've got your standard wrist locks and headlocks to start this one off. Jeff grabs onto the top rope during a leapfrog sequence. 
And of course, he stops the action to do his strut. It's all about both men trying to catch each other out with a surprise pin next with Malenko out wrestling Jarrett big time. So much so that Jeff threatens to leave the match and I threaten to turn this match off. It's very rarely this type of outside stalling works and it only suits certain guys, usually absolute heat magnets. Double J, my friends, is not an absolute heat magnet. Malenko counters a waist lock with a wrist lock and then he performs a body slam. Deborah McMichael then begins walking down the entranceway and this gives Jeff superpowers, just like the bulldog in the European title. Jeff lays the boots in but the tables have been turned when we come back from commercial break. The two men trade sleeper holds with neither guy getting the upper hand and they're losing the audience here. The fans are spent after seeing Hogan vs Luger. Deborah tries to get Double J to refocus as Malenko takes control of the match. Double J gets stretched out a little and things don't look too good for Jarrett, but then he summons his inner Mongo, who summons his inner Undertaker, and we see a tombstone pile driver. Jeff then locks in the figure four, but Dean reverses the pressure, and Dean then hits a double underhook powerbomb, but Jeff tries to steal a victory afterwards by countering a cloverleaf attempt. He only gets a two count. Jarrett's then able to block a double axe handle and he hits a nice superplex afterwards. Both men are down. And then... We've got a visitor! That's Eddie Guerrero! Oh, how I've missed Eddie Guerrero on this show. Raw's fucked again, lads. The man who rarely lost a point in the beginning of reliving the war. Eddie hits a frog splash on Malenko as Deborah distracts the referee. He leaves his sling on Malenko's face, and Scott Dickinson's like, how the fuck did that get there? Deborah tries to give Jeff a drink of water, but Jeff's like, no, and he throws it in the audience. We see the figure four, and by God, Dean Malenko gives up and we have a new US champion. Double J wins the belt, Malenko wins Guerrero's sling, and now it looks like the Guerrero vs Malenko feud has resumed with Eddie now being a full-blown heel. This is gonna get interesting. Rockabilly vs Bart Gunn, bit late for that now but it's next on Raw, and on Nitro the Dungeon of Doom cut a promo. Previously we didn't know what purpose the Dungeon of Doom served on WCW programming, but now we're questioning if they still even exist. Jimmy Hart's gonna tell Chris Benoit what step 3 is tonight, the third task that Benoit must overcome to get Sullivan in the ring at Bash at the Beach, and the third step is… uh, Kevin Sullivan? Yeah, that makes loads of sense. Sullivan comes out wearing a Dungeon of Doom shirt and he panders to the audience, saying he's home at last and he thanks the fans in Boston for being here with him tonight, because this whole crowd paid tickets to see Kevin Sullivan. Sullivan tells Jackie, Jimmy and the Faces of Fear to step aside, he knows Chris Benoit is in the building, Sullivan warns Ming not to hurt Benoit before Chris gets called out and yeah, Sullivan and Benoit beat the shit out of each other once again. Chris gets the upper hand but then the Faces of Fear and Jackie get involved. Chris takes a beating just before his match with Ming this week at the Great American Bash. And remember, the Ming match on pay per view is step number 2, so has Benoit completed step 3 before step 2? Or was Jimmy referring to step 3 being the Bash at the Beach match against Sullivan? Who the fuck knows? Rockabilly vs Bart Gunn. Seriously, Rockabilly vs Bart Gunn. Any hope this feud had of being reignited died when Billy became Honky Tonk's bitch. And besides, there's no build up here, no replay of the stun gun from December of 96, 
No history of the smoking guns video, although we should be thankful for that really. There's nothing here but Bart Gunn jobbing out to his kayfabe brother and nobody, and I mean nobody gave a shit, not even Billy nor Bart. A famouser and the shake rattling roll end about, but check out Billy Gunn's face after the match. What's up with his jaw? Sean may be gone once again but it looks like he left his fanny pack in the care of Billy Gunn. Old Rockabilly's chewing the face of himself. Maybe he hurt his jaw in the match, I don't know, but I've seen that kind of face before. On Nitro, our guy here has a sign that says Raw sucks, he's loyal to the cause. His best mate has a sign that says Savage blows Hogan for life. He's not loyal to the cause. Our show ends with the Outsiders vs Flair and Piper on Nitro, while Brian Pillman's scheduled to take on Steve Austin on Raw. I've been wanting to see Austin vs Pillman for a long time in the WWF and I'd forgotten this match was ever booked, and after watching Raw again for this week's Reliving the War, I now understand why I'd forgotten about this bout. It's because it actually doesn't happen. Stone Cold reportedly suffered a knee injury at the King of the Ring, and so he's attacked during his entrance on Raw by the Hart Foundation and he needs to get a replacement. It was reported that Shawn Michaels was supposed to be that replacement, but because he isn't here tonight we instead get a Mankind vs Brian Pillman match. No official announcements made, Mankind just runs down, he fights the hearts, and Earl Hebner begins officiating the Foley vs Pillman match. This is still a very interesting clash here on Raw, so take nothing away from Mick Foley. We come back from a commercial and the match is truly underway. Mick no sells a boot from Pillman and Brian gets slaughtered in the corner. A back elbow sends Brian to the outside and Mankind grinds Pillman's face on the rampway but Pillman comes back with a back suplex. Shit camera work means we don't see Pillman attack Foley at the guardrail, but he tries to stay on top of Mick inside the ring. Both guys choke and claw at each other's faces before Bran begins slapping Mick. The Mankind mask begins falling apart as Mick lays in a few mounted punches, and one of the best spots of the match comes when Brian rips Foley's hair out and he shoves it in Mick's mouth. That's the kind of stuff you expect to see from these two. Pillman lays in some big knife edge chops but the crowd's absolutely silent. They aren't really cheering for either man and that's because Steve Austin was removed from the match. Even JR and McMahon talk about the fans disappointment and yeah, it's a tough break for Pillman and Foley. Eventually Foley hits the double arm DDT and he goes for the mandible claw. The Hart Foundation run down again to cause a DQ finish, but Steve Austin tries to get some revenge on the Hearts and so does Ken Shamrock. Old Kenny boy's been saving people's asses all night it seems. The babyfaces clear the ring, Austin clearly didn't want Shamrock nor Foley's help, so Shamrock takes a stunner while Mankind gets flipped off in the corner. This, this was a disappointing main event and again, it was because of match cancellations and rebooking the show thanks to Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. These two were causing problems for everyone it seems and their real feud was, in a roundabout way, having a negative effect on the whole World Wrestling Federation. Alright, WCW want to promote the Great American Bash by showcasing one of the main event matches on Nitro, that makes perfect sense. The tag titles are not on the line tonight though and you can bet this is going to end in a DQ. All four men brawl at the start of the match and the outsiders completely destroy Flair and Piper. 
It's kind of odd seeing the baby faces look like they're absolutely no match for the outsiders, and there's even a moment when Hall and Nash have nothing to do because both of their opponents are on the mat. The brawl goes right up to the last commercial break, and when we come back, Piper's getting owned by the tag champions. Big Nash lays in the corner knee strikes and he chokes Piper with his big boot. Flair tries to make the save, but Mark Curtis's interception allows Hall to come in without making a tag. Piper continues to get destroyed, and any offense from the hot rod is quickly squashed by the outsiders, as Flair continues to make life difficult for his tag partner by distracting the referee. Nash comes back in illegally, and Piper has to fight dirty to get a break. He hits both Nash and Hall with low blows and this gives him a chance to tag in the nature boy. Only Slick Rick's too busy with Six on the outside so Piper has to stay in the ring. Six and Flair end up inside the ropes and the referee loses control. He calls for the bell, the match gets thrown out and the crowd boos. It's a poor predictable finish from WCW Nitro and honestly, the match should never have been booked in the first place. The horsemen run down to help Flair and this brings the crowd back into it. Vicious and Delicious then hit the ring to back up the Wolfpack, and then Kevin Green comes down, looking to pick a fight with Mongo. Partum Heat and the Steiners show up and they fight on the entranceway. It's absolute chaos to end Nitro, and this brawl is actually better than the match. But then, it goes from good to fucking amazing, because there's our boys, Mortis and Wrath, taking care of Glacier. <laughs> they feel really out of place during this fight, but I love it anyway. Glacier getting mangled always cheers me up. Even the cruiserweights show up just for the sake of it and they too have a fight. The whole locker room just wants to throw down tonight and I'm all for it. At least it's not another standard NWO beatdown. Kevin Sullivan and the Faces of Fear show up to attack Benoit. Randy Savage shows up to help his NWO comrades, but this prompts DDP to make an appearance. DDP does well to fight off the NWO, but Hollywood Hogan puts Dallas in his place as the crowd chants, We want Sting. Ask and you shall receive Boston, Sting comes down from the rafters and he holds the NWO off with his bat. Kevin Nash, Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell try to get the stinger but it's no use. Sting stands over DDP while fighting off the NWO and Nitro, <laughs> and Nitro ends and Sting rides Dallas up to the sky. I'm sure this scared the shit out of Dallas and I know what they were going for here, but it looks so fucking funny. Dallas acts as a spaceship as Sting says, I gotta go now, my planet needs me. The Nitro main event match sucked, the brawl at the end was loads of fun. Giving this one to Nitro again, the WCW show from start to end was better than Raw, in my opinion. Decent enough matches, good promos, great crowd reactions and a great ending. Raw suffered due to the show getting rewritten on the day. It feels clobbered together and there really wasn't a standout match. Here's how I would have scored it using the old system though. And with this victory, Nitro leads with 40 points, Raw has 36 and we've got 11 ties. Nitro won with a 3.4 in the television ratings and Raw scored a 2.2. A pretty bad score for the WWF considering Raw was a fallout show. Next up is the Great American Bash. Savage vs DDP is our main event and we get to see a proper Outsiders vs Flair and Piper match. That Nitro one didn't count. Join me on Sunday and we'll check out the pay-per-view. On Raw next week we have an ECW vs USWA match, we have Jerry Lawler and RVD in tag team action, and Farouk welcomes two new members to the Nation of Domination. Thanks for watching guys, I do hope you enjoyed this one, and take care.